All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Culture Jack Podcast. And on today's episode, we finally made it. We got there. We did it. Uh, <laughs> it's not such a great accomplishment to just live over the course of six weeks and take in a take in a weekly TV show once every six weeks as well. But we did it. We we made it through the final episode of Loki. And so on today's episode, we are going to be spoiling, reviewing, talking about, recapping a little bit Loki episode number six for all time, always. And the episode was about 42 minutes, 40, 42 minutes long. Uh, if this is your first time here on the Culture Jack podcast and here on this show specifically on on today's episode, well, let me let me tell you a little bit about ourselves, right? We're a couple of buddies doing a podcast, but this show is a show where we we have just watched a uh, series episode or a movie, and we take to it like any of those other fools out there that do recap and discussion shows, but we do it way way better. We talk about what happened in the episode. What are some theories that come out of the episode? What we thought during what our what our reactions were uh, for it? And typically, I will do a a first watch through and you know watch it kind of for my pleasure, uh, and then a second watch through where I take a few notes. And uh, <laughs> I didn't do that today. Today, I this is my raw reaction right after watching the sixth episode of Loki. Now, I'm Dustin, if you don't know who I am, and I will be your recap and dissection host for today's episode. And for today's episode, there will be spoilers. Like, I am going to spoil all of Loki episode six, um, all of the Loki uh, series, if you haven't seen it so far, or all of the series so far. But we'll get to that here in a minute. So if if... If spoiling Loki is not your intend, uh, your intended purpose is not your reason for being on this podcast today, go find another episode. We got a bunch, but you can come back to this one after you've seen the show. I really do recommend you see it for the first time uh, without spoiling yourself. So where did we leave off? In episode number five, Loki and Sylvie had just uh, enchanted Elioth and they'd opened up uh, Elias smoke cloud to find, well, well, like the castle in the cloud. So a very, very good studio Ghibli reference there for anyone that watched castle in the sky. Um, a lot of people were saying online, uh, that classic Loki who had just had his sacrifice in episode five, uh, a lot of people thinking that that was a foreshadowed fake out. Like he's not dead. He's still around and kicking, foreshadowed, of course, by the story that he told our uh, <laughs> original recipe, Loki, that he escaped Thanos by, by, by making a duplicate, by making an illusion so real that even the Mad Titan believed it, and he slipped out among the debris off to a planet uh, of his own. So in this episode, we were like, are we going to get classic Loki, uh, Richard E. Grant's uh, Loki character alive again. Is he actually the one in charge of the TVA? Um, and I, I saw this online too, and I just have to address it. This episode is, is very awesome. And I want to talk about it a lot, but the, 
a lot of people online, or there's at least a strong following of people that say, okay, well, if classic Loki from episode five said that he had tricked Thanos by making an illusion, then our theories were correct that Loki actually made an illusion and is still alive in our main universe. And guys, you've got to get that idea out of your head. Our Loki that we're seeing in this show is 2012 Loki. 2018 Loki, it's really going to burn your burn your britches, but he's dead, man. He died on that ship by the hands of Thanos. We saw at the TVA, that's where his record spun out. Yes, there were variants of Loki who made an escape through their deception and their trickery and their illusions, uh, but it was not this Loki. And the only reason that the TVA didn't come get him right away was not because he had lived, because that is the, the story of original recipe Loki, but that is how that variant avoided making any other changes or dramatic changes in the timeline. So in the last episode, also a lot of banter online about who is behind the TVA. Is it Kang? Is it Doom? Is it, is it King Loki? Because, you know, people were saying that we still haven't seen that footage from the trailer with Loki with his arms spread wide in the more golden attire that he was in. Is it Ravona Rinslayer? A lot of people say, well, you know, Marvel's got this nasty habit of uh, showing you who the villain is in like the first minutes or the first couple episodes. And speaking of minutes, a lot of people think that it's Miss Minutes, Miss Minutes, because of her deceptive nature and her trickery around Sylvie when uh, Sylvie was negotiating with Rinslayer. So hopefully, I mean, definitely, we're going to find out who is behind all of this in this episode. Um, also, how is Mobius planning to take down the TVA? Like, he went back. He's just one guy. So we'll have to see. And what role will B-15 play in all of that? And how is Kid Loki going to end up in the Young Avengers? It's also an important note because you know... He is going to make a reappearance in that show, most likely when we get the multiverse out of this episode and out of other Marvel shows that we're going to be seeing. Uh, we'll get our answer. We'll get our answer to that. This show had a lot of ground to cover. This episode had a lot of work to do, and it did it. It did it in spades. It felt so good. Um I've already seen it, obviously. We're going to recap it. We're going to go through it here in a moment. But uh, it was a lot of talking, a lot of exposition, but it was a lot of things like if you are a Marvel fan, if you are a fan of the comics, or if you are a fan of, of just this universe in general, and you want this universe to be less grounded, you want it to be less uh, Fox Studios X-Men, and you want it to be more comic book accurate where it just it just gets crazy and and maddening this is it this episode did it and this has set up so much all right so at the beginning there's the marvel splash that you normally get but this time when we got the marvel splash we got a lot of like crosstalk and there's you know 
uh, crosstalk with historical uh, events. Uh, there's it's zooming in and out on the planets. There's a man talking about time. Uh, Neil Armstrong, Nelson Mandela, uh, Vision, and then a bunch of other classic Marvel lines. You know, you hear Steve Rogers and Tony Stark. Uh, you hear uh, T'Challa and and Wakanda Forever, um, and you're hearing all these things, and they're just kind of like blurring over one another. And then you see like uh, these planets and these universes, and they all just kind of get stretched out, and eventually they get exposed as this huge. Well, it's the sacred, the sacred timeline zooming around a rock uh, and there's a castle on the rock. And this is the one that Loki and Sylvie saw when they parted the Eliath cloud uh, and they debate going, going in. And Loki's like, well, this isn't like you, you know, you usually just kind of burst right in. And she was like, look, I was, I was pruned before you even existed. I just need a minute to get my head straight. And then they walk in the castle and fucking miss minutes shows up in the castle. She pops out of nowhere and she says, welcome to the Citadel at the end of time. He's impressed. And they're like, who, who is it? And, and she's like, it is, it is only he who remains. Um, and she tries to make him a deal. And she's like, look, he can he can rewrite the timeline any way that you want. He can put both of you back into the timeline in a way that you can be together uh, that won't disrupt the timeline, that that you can win the battle in New York, that you can take the throne in Asgard and you two can be together. And and you, Sylvie, can have just happy memories uh, the ones that you were robbed by your your continued pursuit by the TVA. And uh, they're like, we can't, we're not going to take that deal. We're just, we're here to kill him or we're going to go get him or something. And and it's like, who, who is he? Uh, Sylvie, she says, you know, all of that, it's, uh, it's fiction. And Loki tells Miss Minutes, we write our own destiny now. And she says, sure you do. <laughs> and then she she poofs out. Meanwhile, back at the TVA, Ravona is going over these uh, these files um, that Miss Minutes gives her. And then back to the, the Citadel. Uh, they're like, he who, who remains, not for not for much longer. And they... Uh, they go into this room and there's like these statues and one of them is broken. I didn't know if it had any relevance. At least it didn't to me. Maybe it's an Easter egg that some more eagle eyed viewer of this kind of content can catch for you. Um, but they, they're looking around and a door opens and there he is. It's it is Jonathan Majors Kang. Uh, and he's just kind of nonchalantly eating an apple. He, he comments how weird it is to see two Lokis together in the, in the same place. And he invites them back to talk in his office. Uh, and so they're riding this elevator down. And it's this very funny scene where he's just kind of, he's, he's kind of a happy-go-lucky character. And he's eating this apple. And Loki and Sylvie are behind him. And Sylvie takes a swipe at him with, a, with her sword. And he blips right behind her. She takes another swipe at him. And he blips back in front of her. And... Uh, she can't, <laughs> she can't hit him. Um, so they get to get to 
his office. He pours them some drinks, some tea. They sit. Um, it, it apparently he's got the you know like the ultimate version of the rewinding time of the time manipulation power that the TVA has. And that would make sense as he is the man uh, behind the TVA Uh, back at the TVA. Actually, Ravona is disrupted in her office by Mobius. um, And he, (laughs) they talk about friendship and the qualities of friendship. And he's like, you know, I thought you were my friend. And she said, you know, you, I had to prune you because I had to preserve the mission and it cannot all be for nothing. And she calls on the radio Hunter D90 apparently to come deal with Mobius and Mobius holds up a pin and says that that's not going to work so well uh, now that they know her secret. And she's like, what did you do? And then in another section of the timeline in Fremont, Ohio, B-15 is being chased by a hunter or by a TVA agent. And she leads that hunter uh, into an office. And the hunter's like, what are you doing? And she's like, you have to listen to me. He's like, I don't have to listen to nothing. And then uh, Ravona comes out and she's like, what are you guys doing in my office? And so they actually went to the location where Ravona was originally on the timeline before, of course, her variant was kidnapped, frankly, by the TVA to become the person she is today, Judge Ravona Renslayer. Uh, so most likely she gets that guy uh, to, to talk to him, but we go back to the Citadel where Kang says that they can't kill him. And after Sylvie takes another swipe at him, he teleports away. And just, you know, Jonathan Major's performance as Kang, the Conqueror, or whatever version of Kang that this is, is absolutely amazing. He is very sprite-like. He is very uh, much like a, a pan level character. Um, in that is his, his character exudes this universal knowledge that the other characters just don't possess and they can't have the kind of understanding that he has. And he has a, I guess kind of a wisdom behind his apathy, or at least that's the way that it's played to me. It's a, a very, very wonderful show. He was great in Lovecraft country as well, which uh, excellent show. If you haven't seen Lovecraft country on, on HBO. So he says that they can't kill him because he already knows what's going to happen. And he pulls out two script pages that show the last couple moments exactly as they had just happened. Um, so this Loki's like, I don't believe you. And he seems to know everything. Kang seems to know it all. It made me think, well, shit, they're not on the edge of time. They're not outside of time at all. They're still in the timeline. And Kang says, you know, he wants them to finish the journey that they've started. And he kind of gets them to, you know, he puts that seed in their head to distrust each other. He He asks Sylvie if she can trust Loki. He asks her if she can trust anybody at this point. Mobius, meanwhile, he he says they need to know that the TVA is a lie. Ravona says, what if it isn't? What if it's a necessary one? Um, And I and I just (laughs) like. So the TVA now, now that we saw Kang with the scripts at the end of time, 
we, we always believe that the TVA was outside of time, that it was in like a quantum realm type situation where time operated really differently or maybe not at all. Um, are they still in the timeline? Because Kang seems to know everything, and the script is very similar to when Loki first appeared at the TVA, and the dude had him sign the stack of papers, which <laughs> everyone, myself included, said that is that is not a sufficiently sized stack of papers for everything that Loki has said, even in the MCU, more or less, in his lifetime. Um, but Kang says he wants them to finish the journey that they're on, and, uh, wait, wait, <laughs> I already talked about that. Where am I? Uh, <laughs> he wants them to finish their journey. Oh yeah. And then Mobius talked to Ravona and Mobius said they need to know TVA is a lie. Ravona said, what if it's a necessary one? And Mobius challenges her friendship. And Ravona also feels betrayed by Mobius because she's like, no, you ruined our friendship. We had a good thing. We had a good thing going here. And now, spoiler alert. I know I said spoilers at the beginning, but uh, Mobius doesn't get his jet ski in this episode. By the time we resolve Mobius's storyline, by the time we've seen Owen Wilson or several Owen Wilsons, as it were, uh, this man he better get his jet ski. He better ride on a jet ski. Um, so Mobius says that she can't take away uh, people's free will. And Ravona opens a time portal and uh, Mobius busts out one of the one of the pruning sticks. And he says he's going to stop her. And she says, you're not a danger to me. And then, <laughs> and then he attacks her and she kicks him, knocks him on his ass. And he, he says, yeah. You were right. I'm not a danger to you. And Ravona leaves and he says, where are you going? And she says, I'm going, I'm going to search for free will, which is bizarre. So it's like, she, has she met Kang? She hasn't met Kang before because in the last episode, uh, Miss Minutes and her were trying to figure out who this person was so she could go protect them from Sylvie, basically. Uh, who who's looking to take down the TVA? Uh, Kang, meanwhile, uh, says without the TVA, without me, everything burns. He says this to Loki and Sylvie, and Loki says, "Then what are you so afraid of?" And Kang replies, "Me." And Sylvie asks him, "And just who are you?" And I'm waiting. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like, say Kang, say Kang, say Kang the Conqueror, say the Destroyer of Time, say the Conqueror of, of Timelines and Worlds, say Immortus, say anything. Give me some comic book. And he, he says, you know, I'm a, I've been called a Conqueror. I've been called a Destroyer. But he doesn't say it. He never says Kang. And it just drives me mad. Um, but he discusses that in the 31st century, a brilliant mind himself or a variant of himself discovered that there were other universes stacked on top of his own, a multiverse as it were. And he said at first it was pretty great because his variants and himself traveled to other, other universes and met with themselves and, and shared the great discoveries of their universe and helped each other out and helped build, you know, utopias basically. But he said, there were some variants of himself that were not so pleasant. 
and that they began to fight. And then all of them fought actually causing the multiversal multiversal war that they never explained where it came from in the TVA. Uh, So obviously it's not secret wars yet just because of this explanation because we do still have a Kang out there. We do still have multiverses and we've got uh, many, many variants of Kang, which I find so exciting and what a wonderful way of, I've talked about it in other episodes, other Loki episodes before, how wonderful it is for Tom Hiddleston to kind of uh, stretch his acting pedigree to show off his range. Not to say that he's never shown it off before, but Jonathan Majors as Kang, as he appears in this show, as he appears in the second season of this show, as he appears in these next few movies, is going to get to show off just the same kind of range because he's going to be able to be many variants of himself. So uh, speaking of this particular variant, though, he said the multiversal war was happening. He found this beast, Eliath, that eats time and space. And so he studied it and he weaponized it and he secured this timeline. And he says to, to Sylvie and Loki says, you look, you came to kill the devil. But I keep you safe. And if you think I'm evil, wait until you meet my variants. And he said something about uh, you can you can either choose stifling order or cataclysmic chaos. Uh, he, he gives them uh, gives them the options of killing him and dealing with these infinite other devils. Or he says, look, you two run the thing. And they deliberate. Uh, Sylvie attacks him. And then Loki Loki uh, argues with Sylvie. Um, and then there's, there's rumbling in the distance. And he stops. And he says, we've, we've just crossed the threshold. And he stops knowing what, what's going to happen next. Like he picks something up on his desk and he drops it. And... Loki is, he's kind of dumbfounded. He's like, don't you want to use this new freedom that you have not knowing what is going to happen, happen next? You know, what if you, what if we do kill you? What if you die? And he says, well, I'll just, I'll just end up back here. Reincarnation, baby. (laughs) Sylvie says that he's lying and she wants to kill him. Loki believes Kang though. Or he at least wants to think about what the implications are should they kill him. He's like, what if by killing him, we risk unleashing something even worse? And she's not buying it. He's like, look, all I'm doing is suggesting that we take a minute and we think about this. Sylvie, uh, she she thinks that Loki is conning her. And he's, she's like, why, why aren't we seeing this the same way? And Loki says, well, it's because I can't be trusted and you can't trust. And she says, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, and they fight and it's an awesome fight scene and they're using their powers. And Sylvie keeps trying to kill Kang. At the same time, Loki keeps trying to pull her back with his magic powers. And... There's a really awesome scene that uh, Loki appears or he disappears or he reappears as an illusion, not as an illusion, as himself in front of her before she kills 
Kang and her sword ends up at his throat and he drops his and she sobs. He lets out his feelings, tells it, tells her that he just wants her to be okay. And she drops her sword and they have themselves a, a very romantic kiss. And I, I was trying to pay attention to Kang in the background and he just looked like he was very, <laughs> like he was very into the moment. Like he was enjoying, you know, for the first time in his, you know, millions of lifetimes that he said he's got to experience something truly sporadic and truly, you know, uh, unscripted and improvisational. And so it, like it was very Shakespearean, though, like the music crescendos right as they kiss and she turns around and she says, yeah, but I'm not you. And she she opens up a temp portal and she blasts him back through right to the TVA. And she's left there with Kang. And she uses her magic. And she she telekinetically moves the desk. She throws the desk away from being in between her and Kang. Now, at this moment, Kang doesn't seem to have his time-hopping powers anymore. I don't know if that uh, happens concurrently with the extra branching of the timeline of his inability to, to know what happens next. Uh, but he doesn't, he doesn't seem to have it. Oh no, I know what it is because he said he knows what's going to happen next. And that's how they weren't able to kill him in the first place because he has already programmed each one of those things into his temp pad. And so by him not knowing what's going to happen next, he, he doesn't, uh, have the ability to avoid it, I guess. Um, but anyway, she moves the desk out of the way and she kills Kang. She runs her sword right into his belly and he laughs and he says, I'll, I'll see you soon. <laughs> so that's so like it's so fucked up because it's it's Kang's variants who he knows are going to show up after all of this happens. It's not him. He did talk about reincarnation, though. So whether that is a thing that is specific to his sacred timeline, to him having the ability to control what happens within this universe, or if that is a uh, canonized aspect of the MCU. I'm not sure yet, but he says, I'll see, see you soon. And the timeline outside the window branches uncontrollably. Back at the TVA, Mobius and B-15, they watch the screen out of control. Branches across the threshold, all across the thing. And the rest of the workers, uh, are, everyone's watching. And uh, Mobius says, well, there's no turning back now. B-15 says, who's turning back? And he says, for all time. And she says, always. Um, Loki, meanwhile, he's back at the TVA. He's looking very uh, forlorn, very sad. Uh He's very sad by Sylvie's betrayal. And there's like TVA agents running around everywhere. And it's it struck me as I was looking at this man's sad face. Uh, what an excellent second character arc for Loki. Like, if you have a character who is maybe a bad guy, maybe a little bit of an anti-hero, and then finds redemption, it is it is very rare. I would say probably never really happens where you see that bad guy become a bad guy again and then get a second redemption arc. Like what an excellent arc for Loki. And it's only going to continue 
in the next season. So he runs through the TVA uh, and he finds Mobius and B-15 who are discussing the branching and they're like, you know, there's no way that we can control all of these branches. And Loki's like, you can't stop it. You can't. You can't uh, put an end to this because, it, you know, I screwed up. We screwed up. We went and, you know, we we killed this guy and it's very complicated. But, you know, more of him are coming. We're, what, are, what is this that we've unleashed? And Mobius is looking at him very confused like he doesn't know who Loki is. And he says, you're obviously, you're an analyst. You're dressed like an analyst. Who are you? And it's like that moment. Like I was watching it and I was like, oh, my God, he's not even in the right timeline anymore. And then Loki looks over, and in the middle of the TVA office, there is a statue of of Kang. <laughs> Where the statues of the three timekeepers were, uh, it's now just Kang. Oh, and that was funny. In their conversation, in Loki and Sylvie's conversation with Kang, uh, when they were talking about the multiversal war and what happened between all of the Kangs, and the, count, the Council of Kangs, like Rick and Morty's, like the Council of Reeds, uh, we're going to get into some weird comic shit in the, in these next few movies and series. I'm very excited. But when they were talking, um, they were like, oh, the multiversal war. And that's when the sacred timekeepers came along. And he's like, no, that's where the dogma ends. It's actually just like a bunch of me's running around. Uh, there was no after credit scene. I really expected there to be a mid or, or post credit scene on this one, but there was not. But after the outro, uh, it, it showed Loki's file, uh, Loki Laufson, and then a stamp came down, boom, said Loki will return in season two. And that's how we know that we have a season two of Loki. I'm very excited that this one's going to continue. And, uh, like out of all of the ones that, I mean, this just makes the most sense. It's, it's so much fun. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Um, so some other things, uh, before I, before I sign off here, uh, I'm very surprised that we actually got Kang, even though they never said, uh, his name, this wasn't a Mephisto repeat. We did it. We were right, boys. We got this one. Uh, <laughs> it would <laughs> I don't, I don't think it would have upset me if we didn't get a Kang, if we did just get King Loki, but it's really nice to have him in the MCU, to have some of these big, big name characters back because we've been, we've been rudderless since the death of Thanos, since Thanos was defeated in Endgame, like that's what it was building to. Ever since Avengers, it was, where's Thanos? When's he coming? How many stones does he have? But we don't have that anymore. We don't have that looming threat. And so, finally, after a year-long drought of MCU, and now we have this abundance of MCU content to include this recently finished Loki. We just got Black Widow this last weekend. Uh, now we have this overarching um, threat that's back as well. They never called him Kang. He never named himself as a Mortis or Ramatut. Um, but that's who it is. That's who it was. And he says more of him are coming. So this is maybe a, a fairly peaceful variant of Kang. Of course, minus the, the pruning and whatnot. Um, but hopefully we get that classic Kang look where he looks like he's a, a submariner uh, in Ant-Man Quantumania. 
uh, here in, 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 um, I don't even know when that fucking movie comes out. It comes out. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so excited right now. Um, Ant-Man movies, by the way, in the MCU, low key set up the entire MCU, like how he got stuck in the, the quantum realm before Endgame. how Kang is supposed to play a major part in Ant-Man, uh, quantum mania as well. I just think Ant-Man is maybe underappreciated in the MCU. And it wasn't Dr. Doom. It wasn't King Loki. The thing about it is, was this an old Marvel switcheroo? Was that scene with the gold-crested King Loki with his arms extended on his throne, was that a bait-and-switch? Or was that a scene from Loki Season 2? I mean, I, I guess we'll have to wait and find out, but mm, how clever... How clever are you, uh, Loki Loki showrunners? Loki's in a different timeline now. That's so interesting. How's he going to get back? Is Sylvie back in the original timeline, or is where she is at now truly a place out of time, uh, completely removed from the multiversal, the impending multiversal war? You know, we're getting a second season uh, and is the first confirmation of a, uh, a season two for a Disney plus Marvel show, which I mean, it makes sense that uh, WandaVision, that story was wrapped up nicely. Yes, it did give us some threads to work off of, but there's not going to be a situation where Wanda Maximoff kidnaps a town again and and has to work through her grief uh, by way of her exploring her magic powers. Um, they did set us up nicely with white vision and with her becoming the legit de facto Scarlet Witch and with the disappearance of what are the kids names speed and Wiccan. So th there's obviously plot threads to come out, but there's not a real logical place for a season two. Falcon and the winter soldier was an excellent show. Um, but there at the end, you know, Falcon had become Captain America. He's ready uh, to move on. He's not going to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier again. I mean, I guess, you know, him and Bucky were hanging out at the end, so they could theoretically do a season two. But this one, WandaVision, you can explain it away in a couple throwaway lines in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, where he says, oh, yeah. Wanda became the Scarlet Witch after she took over and mind-controlled a town. And that is a, a small bit of exposition that gets us from Avengers Endgame to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Falcon, Sam Wilson, was already Captain America by the end of Endgame. He just really kind of adopted and molded the title uh, to fit himself by the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, like, there's a real logic. Even if you didn't see Falcon and the Winter Soldier, when we boot up the next Avengers movie and Sam Wilson comes in dressed as Captain America, you go, oh, shit, that's right. He got the shield at the end. He's obviously Captain America. This one, though, there is just, like, it's too much. I cannot imagine... And I guess we'll have to see these next couple of movies, but I cannot imagine you going into and continuing your journey as a card-carrying member of the MCU fandom, one that enjoys the canonized lore of these shows and movies without having seen Loki Season 1. 
Where did where did Ravona go? Was that part of the script? Did she teleport away after things had already uh, gone wonky and Kang couldn't read the timeline anymore? I, I, I put a note here to say, man, what are your overall thoughts on Loki, Dustin? And frankly, I think I think you know where I stand. Uh, out of the Disney Plus shows, this one was by far the best one because it had the most attachment to the rest of the MCU proper. WandaVision, uh, it had some good setups, some good threads that it made, but this one felt like it is actual required watching for fans of the <laughs> of this serialized motion picture uh, television series that we're watching, uh, right? I cannot wait to see uh, more of this and more of this stuff. And we've got a few movies. Co- we've got Doctor Strange two coming up. Uh, that's coming in March March twenty fifth of twenty twenty two. So next year, early next year. Then we've got Spider Man No Way Home, which is coming this year in December, December twenty seventh. And before all of that, we've got Marvel's What If on August 11th. Now, I just thought What If was a cool idea for a show where you just get to kind of play around with the ideas of of these characters. But this ending gives Marvel's What If a, a real, to quote the late, great Chadwick Boseman, a real stepping off point, right? Uh, so that's just in a few weeks, but but uh, look forward to more OTE, and we've got more OTE on the podcast channel already. We've got uh, WandaVision we talked about, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're working our way through Invincible. I say that every week. <laughs> I'll get it done. Back off of me. Uh, upcoming on today's episode, we've got Black Widow, uh, What If, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Armor Wars, She-Hulk, Moon Knight is coming, and of course, Loki season two. And if there's anything on that list that you, well, I don't want to say uh, don't want on that list. Cause I'm going to do all of it. I'm very interested in it. Well, between Anthony and myself, we're going to do all of it. Um, but if there's anything that we left out on that list that you'd like to see an OTE on, whether it's Castlevania, the boys, utopia, chainsaw, man, what have you, uh, get a hold of us. And it's easy to do. It's easy to get a hold of us. You can contact us on Facebook or on Twitter at Culture Jacked. You can send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. It, it helps us to know what kind of shows you like on the Culture Jack podcast by leaving a review. What was your entry point into Culture Jacked? Was it this episode? Was it this show? Was it... The Friday show, perhaps. Was it uh, the Culture Jack News Desk on Thursdays with Archimedes Abigail? Was it the Weekend Wire where Anthony takes a deep dive into movies and television shows? Or was it Monday Madness where he talks about the weirder aspects of his brain? Where did you meet us for the first time? I'm really curious to know. You can uh, tune into those other shows. um, But otherwise, thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you in the next episode.